from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and happy to be here on Facebook as well, Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now dt as well as youtube.com backslash wake up call dt so however you're listening or watching the show we thank you so much for being inside of the cafe kubal studios there's nothing like cafe kubal in our community you know their coffee their tea their sandwiches their desserts everything is different and i'm so happy that they create it here brew it here and bring it to us right here in our community and they will come to you with the mobile cafe as well as home delivery. There's no delivery charge to Onondaga County. And of course, there are five locations on 3501 James Street, 324 West Water Street, 401 South Salina Street, 208 North Townsend Street, all in Syracuse, and their newest location at 343 Fayette Street in Manlius, New York. So head out to Cafe Kubal today and fill your cup with your favorites as well. MonPazPopcorn.com's What's Poppin', bringing you four of our Syracuse basketball alumni today. I'm honored and privileged to do tourney time talk every single season, something I came up with about, what, six years ago or so. And Andre Hawkins started off the day. Eric Santifer is here with us now, and I'm always grateful to have some time with Mr. Santifer. So let's bring him in. Eric, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, and greetings and blessings to the Orange Nation, and I hope you guys are staying warm and safe up there in the central New York area. Yeah, you know, we're uh, we're doing the best we can. The snow is melting. It's looking nice outside now. It's actually, you know, uh, you could go out and walk the dog. So, you know, I, I can say, uh, Eric, that, uh, that life is life is definitely trending toward the spring right now, which is a uh, which is a good feeling. How's everything been for you? I know that you uh, last time we talked, you have been, uh, you know, in the in the process of publishing your book. So where is where are things right now on the book and what can you tell us about it? Uh, the book publishing process is going very, very well. Very happy with my participation with Christian Faith Publishing. Um, we're, we, we're past the editing page, uh, phase now. We're going into the illustration where we're putting back the pictures and confirming the cover of the book. So we're probably about three weeks away. And, and, and as the writing process with God and that journey with God, keeping my promise to Mr. Hicks, the journey now for the publication and then the marketing and distribution of it uh, really has me excited. I, I'm hoping that the circumstances with COVID allows me to get to the Northeast Corridor and hopefully back to Syracuse at some point to do a book signing and further uh, promote this uh, promise made, promise kept in the stream of Mr. Hicks's. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you and I had spoken on this, you know, and, and before we get into Syracuse basketball right now, currently, just how important it was, and you, and you bring up Mr. Hicks and the promise, for people that don't know, just, uh, you know, what that promise was and, and why you're keeping it. Well, 
you know, the last 10 years, you know, a lot of people may be familiar with my, my, my very blessed relationship with my grandmother, Equilla Cooper. She was, she was just my primary queen in my life. She meant everything to me. And, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there listening that are in the stage of their life where they're caring for their guardian or their elders now and their parents. And I had the great pleasure of doing that for my grandmother. So I actually turned it into a business. So I've spent more or less through 2018, the 10 years previous, as a home health care provider. You know, it gave me the autonomy to care for my grandmother and do some other things, uh, you know, without having the restrictions of the nine to five. And in that process, I met a gentleman, Bernard Hicks, who lived in one of the buildings with my grandmother and I in Atlanta. And, you know, coincidentally, he was from Detroit, Michigan, and we met, and he took this immediate liking to me. And we became friends, and uh, he asked me to assist him as best I could, and I did. And, and probably, you know, within a month of it, he started talking about the letter, you know, this letter that he wrote to, to encourage people that if, if, if you have a vision, you have a dream, follow it, if you have good skill sets, um, you communicate well, you, you know, you have good health and, and trust in God, anything is possible. And he wrote this letter back in the late 60s, early 70s, and began the process of wanting to write a book about the letter and his life journey. So he asked me to assist him, and I was like, yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> and um, so this was 2009, actually, and we proceeded. He ended up moving out of the building. Um, we stayed in contact, but then lost in contact. In 2012, he got back with me and said, you know, I, I need your help again as a caregiver. And, and I agreed, and once we re reunited, uh, he jumped right back into help me publish the letter, help me publish my journey. And so we agreed, we signed a document that, that allowed me to do that. He gave me his works and writing and, and how it really evolved. I kind of took it with a grain of salt. We're on this journey. Most people will recognize a book from Mitch Album, Tuesday with Maury, which was a great hit. And Mitch was a, is a outstanding author and journalist with the Detroit Free Press. So growing up, you know, I got a chance to read a lot of Mitch stuff and, and he gave me some kudos as a high school student athlete. But I asked Mr. Hicks about, you know, what day? And he said Thursdays. So we started spending Thursdays together on this journey with God and to, to you know, publish the letter and, 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 and his, his journey. And that's what it started out to be. It was this Thursday with Mr. Hicks and I was just going to be, you know, the ghostwriter or, or the, the writer of it. Um, and then the evolution and, and where God really stepped in I went to visit him one Wednesday to check on him, and he wasn't doing well. We got him comfortable that night. We went to bed. Before we went to bed, the last thing he said to me was, Mr. Eric, promise me, promise me that if God calls me home or anything should happen, you're going to publish the letter, and, and, and you're going to publish this book. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, We're going to have a great session tomorrow, and... You know, we'll, we'll keep plugging along. We'll find a publisher, we'll plug along. I, we go to bed, I check on him at 2.30, he's on 24-hour oxygen, so the compressor's working well, I'm cool. I, I go to wake him up at 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. Mr. Hicks passed away in his sleep. Yeah. And his last words to me were, 
promise me that you're going to publish this book. And I said, don't worry, Mr. Hicks, I will. He says, you keep your promise. And I said that I would. And a portion of the book where I introduced Mr. Hicks and his writings, he talks about <clears throat> keeping a promise. He's talking about New Year's resolution. And, and, and he makes a description. He says, you know, I can't keep a promise to myself. How can I keep a promise to others? So I took the 50, 60 pages that he gave me and I developed, well, not, I take that back. I didn't know how to develop it. So eventually I go back to my hometown in Michigan and I'm struggling with how do I keep this promise? How do I tell his story? And I was so focused on telling his story and eventually in 2006, God shared with me and said, tell our story. You know, tell the journey that I've blessed you with as part of this book. And so it turned into every everyday God, Thursdays with Mr. Hicks, Promises Made, Promises Kept, my 40-year journey. And, you know, I take the 40-year journey basically from my senior year of high school um, as I'm preparing as a student athlete, and I go through that journey through my freshman, sophomore year at Syracuse, and my career at Syracuse, till I actually start writing the book. I, I started writing in January of 2019, which was 40 years from my senior year in high school. And I just chronicle some stuff, and I talk about the good, the bad, the indifference. I, I, I talk about developing into a student athlete. Um, I talk about some relationships. Uh, you know, I, I'll say it here on air. You know, I, I talk about the controversies. I talk about the drug use. I, you know, I, I, I talk about the good, the bad, and the indifferent. But, you know, it, 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 the, the motivating factor the entire time was to keep my promise to Mr. Hicks. <laughs> and, I, and I know there's people out there think, oh, he's written a book and he's going to write a book and, and always tell this. I tell my truth about my experience as a person. I tell my truth about my experience as a student athlete. Um, and I, my truth has statistical merits. My truth has actual merits. Um, there may be some of my teammates, and some of my student athletic friends, and people that are a part of my student athletic career, both scholastically and collegially, that may not agree with it. I don't care. Um, I played. I, I had a great student athletic career. I would go back to Syracuse 10 times out of 10. And, 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 and the numbers can't deny my significance. Um, that said, the journey and the project was Mr. Hicks's and God. I was just being an obedient servant and became the writer. And so I encourage all the listeners and you know the fans and the Christian folks out there, the sports fans, to buy a copy. Because really, it's a Christian book. I was so blessed to develop a partnership with Christian Faith Publishing, the leading uh, Christian publishing house in North America with a worldwide distribution. So for those people that think, oh, it's some tell-on again, I say that again, this is a Christian journey. And for all of you that believe in God, share in God, quote God, um, and, and know me, I, I, I ask your participation, I ask your support, to purchase the book, and you can purchase the book at everydayguide.us.
to go out and do book signings, the only place that you can get a signed copy is at everydaygod.us. Very nice website. I'm actually going to download this interview today, the one we did earlier, and did a nice interview with Red uh, last week. So the, the website is very, very uh, well developed, and we'll be adding some products to that as well. Again, that's everydaygod.us. Dan, thank you for this opportunity to have this monologue, if you will, to promote the book. The book should be out later this month, early April. Again, everydaygod.us. Thank you, man. Yeah, you know, and you said something really cool. And, and uh, right before we jump into looking at uh, Syracuse's team right now, you spoke about the fact that you took care of your grandmother and that she was, you know, you know, you're all your, 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 you know, your, your queen, you know, somebody that you just really appreciate and, and continue to as she's, you know, uh, such an important part of your life. And I just wanted to say thank you for you saying those words because my grandmother is the exact same to me and has always been that way. And she uh, she lived to be just shy of 101. She was 100 and a half in, in nine days. And, you know, I actually, for a time, I was always close with her, but I decided to go live with her and take care of her for a little over two years of her life. I was there with her and I said, she's the best, you know, best roommate I ever had. So. I just wanted to uh, say thank you for you mentioning your grandmother because I, I can definitely connect with you on taking care of uh, someone who took care of you. Well, you know, and, and that's such a blessing. And my grandmother lived to 93. And one of the things I mentioned in the book, I'm a grandson. No disrespect to my mother and, and the sons and daughters out there. I, I, I consider myself a grandson. My grandmother adopted me out of the hospital, and my grandmother moved to Syracuse for my sophomore year. So of my 57-plus years with my grandmother, my grandmother and I lived in the same city and most times in the same household for probably 50-plus of those years. That's, that, she was my soulmate. I've never been in love, and, and I've never been married. And Miss Cooper certainly was my soulmate. So thank you for those kind words. And let's talk some basketball. And again, everydayguide.us, everybody. Yep, everydayguide.us. And we added it here to the live feed so you could check it out. And uh, we already have somebody that came in, said great story on the book, and we'll read it. So a lot of good stuff coming up here. And appreciate you all for supporting Eric Santifer and his promises made and promises kept. Because how many times have you made a promise that you still haven't kept, a promise you forgot about or a promise that you didn't come through on. And that should hit you. It should get you right in the heart when you uh, don't keep it. So I think it's huge that you know, you're keeping a promise to yourself. You're keeping a promise to God. You're keeping a promise to Mr. Hicks. You know, There's so much that you're doing that I think is, uh, is representative of what we should aspire to be because we make a lot of promises in life as, as human beings, but we don't always keep them. And, and, and thank you for saying that. And, and again, before we talk basketball, you're so right. And, and, and the importance for, for Christians and just religious people that believe in a higher power, um, this became and evolved because of God. God would not let me not fulfill this promise, and, and, and I have broken promises 
throughout my life, as you just mentioned, we all have. And this one, God just burned me and burned me and burned me and kicked me in my ass about it until I did it. And, and he made the accommodations and the availability and the resources. So again, I thank you for taking the time that you've allowed me to promote the book project and um, you know my, my prayers to everyone. And you know, again, thanks to God and to Mr. Hicks for allowing me to share this wonderful journey with them um, over the last 10 plus years and the last two years of writing. Yeah, absolutely. And that coming from Eric Santifer this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Go to everydaygod.us and that's where you can get all the information on the book as well as uh, be ready for when it comes out, the signed copy and everything. So appreciate you going there. Eric, this year's team seems to be surging at the right point. Syracuse has done this in the past. They they seem to you know be that student that didn't write their paper that they had five months to write and they wrote two three months to write let's say and then they're writing it the night before and and then that paper comes out really good. So they're in this kind of back against the wall eleventh hour. They've been up and down this season. But they defeated North Carolina, who is above them in the ACC standings. They defeated Clemson, who a lot of people still think is going to the NCAA tournament. And then they come in, they defeat NC State three times this season, including a 21-point victory this time around. What are your thoughts on where Syracuse is at? And then secondly, how difficult is it not just to beat a team three times in a season as a former player, but to do it by double digits and, and essentially blow out NC State? Well, the, the, the last third of the season is probably the most critical portion of the year if you're having a plus 500 year. It's, it's kind of like the last two to five minutes of a ball game. It's the most crucial. And Syracuse is had some big wins down the stretch, playing well, the victories that you just mentioned, um, beating North Carolina State three times in the same season. I can remember back to some of the big rivalries in the inaugural years of the Big East. You know, um, my senior year, as a matter of fact, you know, we played Georgetown, and we lost to them in the regular season <clears throat> twice by five points. And uh, we beat them in the quarterfinals of the Big East tournament that year. And uh, so that tells you how tough it is, not only in rivalry games, but certainly within a great conference that the Big East is, uh, and the ACC also is. So having that momentum that they have is to their benefit. Um, you know, when you're at this stage in the season and you're having critics, especially the selection committees, evaluating you, you want to be playing your best basketball. You know, I shared a scenario with you just before we came on air that I shared three scenarios with you, and two, two of them benefit Syracuse, and that's a great position to be in. You play Virginia the top seed today, you win, you're in no matter what happens moving forward. You play them close and lose, you're in because you showed well and you finished strong. The only negative would be that you go and you get blown out. 
then your skeptics are going to look at you and say, ah, do they really meet the criteria? You got all these different quads and criteria now. And, you know, people use the silliness, you know, they get the eye test and all that nonsense. I'm not taking a poke at some of the people that are out there selecting and writing stories about basketball. There's a whole lot of non, never step a competitive foot a day on a basketball court at the collegiate level. So-called experts talking some nonsense sometimes, but that's just my subjective opinion. And most people that know me from my experience, I am outspoken. <laughs> um, but right now, I think their momentum is good. If I had to make a parallel with where they are with the point um, during my career, it would be the sophomore year. Um, we come into the Big East Tournament, 15 and 11. Uh, we lose Marty Head last game of the season against St. John's with a broken hand. And, you know, we're, we're the lower third of a 16 or 17 conference with fifth probably seed. And, you know, we, we lose our, our, our best shooter and probably the, the best player that had the, just the most court awareness. Marty Head's basketball IQ to me was, was tremendous. I mean, I, I learned so much from him. Um, I, you know, I was sharing with the Reds as we were on a podcast the other day when Coach took me out of the lineup as a starter sophomore year. I started playing a little bit of two-guard, and Marty and I was all, all, were always our good friends off court. And, but I started to tap into Marty more on court at the two spots. So when he went down and I was inserted full-time, as a two guard, I was able to take his insight and his knowledge, and, and he was always in my ear. But to my point, we're fifth seed going into the Big East tournament, and we pretty much rolled through the first two rounds. We set up that epic triple overtime game against Villanova, uh, which truly, probably after Georgetown and Coach Thompson shutting down Manly Fieldhouse, the triple overtime game in the Dome for the Big East Tournament in 1981 is probably the second most significant and epic moment of the inaugural four years of the Big East. And, um, you know, we played well and we gelled at the right time. And that's what I'm hoping this year's team can have that momentum uh, with the success that they've had late and beating NC State three times and a great victory with, with a 21-point victory. Uh, it's going to be a tough road. I mean, you know, you, you got Miami or Georgia Tech next. Uh, uh, but, you know, the great thing is, and like I said earlier, the great benefit about today's game is you're playing the number one seed. So you, you, you have two very good measurable outcomes. The one thing that concerns me about today's game is it starts at 11 a.m. And, and as basketball student-athletes are, are sometimes creatures of habit. We, we're normally used to playing evening games unless we're playing a featured Saturday or Sunday game. So this is a midweek game kind of at 11 a.m. But you have to adjust accordingly. And uh, if, if they continue to play well and have consistency uh, shooting the basketball as they did against NC State and defend accordingly and, and everybody plays to their capability, um, we'll be very competitive today. Yeah, you know, in Syracuse, you know, having this opportunity to go up against Virginia and have another crack on them and, and, and another shot on them. Just just what you could say, what would be your advice 
to Syracuse right now, playing a team that has had their blunders as well, has had some rough moments this season, but is at the top of the ACC. What would you say to Syracuse, knowing that Virginia has phenomenal leadership from their coach, and even when he loses players, he's always getting ready for the next. He's always grooming guys. That's why he stays successful. You might not know the names on the team, but you're going to get to know them, and then when those guys leave, you get to know the next ones. Virginia has a system that Tony Bennett and his staff have created that has been truly remarkable, and they do the things you're supposed to do well in basketball, the stuff that might be considered boring to some people, but the stuff that you need, boxing out, getting a bunch of passes, a couple extra passes in, playing hot potato with the ball, making sure that your defense is sound, your hands are up, you're moving your feet, you're able to shift, you're able to key in on different things. You know, just the suffocation of bringing the the shot clock down and taking as much time as they can. They're so systematic in so many things that they do. What's What's your advice to Syracuse about dealing with them today when obviously Virginia has caused some people to get very frustrated? Well, the, the, the one great thing that you said in, in all of that was the system, right? and I'm sure people will, will know, and if they know Coach Bennett's history, he had great success at Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, it, it just didn't show up. You know, he, he built a great coaching resume and, and, and landed where he is now, and his system has proved very successful program to program. So, And he believes in that system. Um my advice to Syracuse and to the Syracuse fans, here's my take. I always felt very comfortable with the preparation and the strategy and the game plan that Coach Benheim put together during my four years. Um, statistics say that he's one of the greatest coaches in NCAA history. Uh, and he continues to be that. Uh, the zone is effective. The zone is as effective as the aggressiveness and the mentality of the players game to game. Not season to season, game to game. I, I believe Coach Beheim will have a team well prepared. They've seen Virginia before. They know the personnel. Like you said, people may not know the names, but you better believe each player in that locker room knows the names of the players. They know where they need to hedge, where they need to cheat, who the scores are, who they have to box out. You know, again, playing for Coach Beheim, I always felt, you know, prepared, fundamentally sound. Um, if the young men on the orange men on the orange, excuse me, if they play their game and execute what they need to do fundamentally and maintain their responsibilities for what Syracuse does best, they will compete. Um, you know, again, it's just a matter of discipline. It's a matter of consistency that creates success. Yeah, you know, and Syracuse has to, you know, find that consistency, that positive consistency. They shot 14 to 29 from three against NC State. That won't happen arguably every night. But remember, Marek Dolajai had seven points in the game. Syracuse has the depth 
and I don't think it's I don't think it's really hit people yet because it doesn't always all click at the same time. But they have the depth with Joe Girard the third, Buddy Bayheim able to shoot. Robert Braswell has improved on his shot. We know that Alan Griffin can knock some shots down. We know Marek can do his thing. Kadari has helped out. Jesse Edwards is helping out inside. There's a, and obviously Quincy Garrier and what he's done to muscle his way in and really be one of those unsung heroes in the country. So there's a lot to be said about Syracuse's ability to shoot and their depth that they have offensively. And I think if it all clicked at the same time, people would be, you know, I mean, think about it. If Marek scored 20, if Marek scored 15 in the game, if he did just a little bit more, Syracuse is at 100 points. So, you know, so many times this season, Buddy plays well, Kadari plays well, Joe's quiet. Joe plays well, Allen plays well, Quincy's quiet. But if they all played well, this team has arguably some of the best depth they've had in a long time. Would you agree with that? And what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree with what you just said. And, you know, that's a luxury. And so hopefully Coach Beheim and his staff and very experienced staff to utilize that. And when you talk about depth, the key to success in using depth is getting the most out of a player for periods of time giving them a rest, and then not dropping off most. Basketball game, basketball is a game of this. You have five positions. You know, when I was coaching high school, my basketball philosophy has always been, if you win three-fifths, you, you generally will win. And my philosophy as a player, as I played and competed at, at all levels, was to win my position. Not selfishly at the sacrifice of the team, but when I stepped on the floor, um, you know, no matter what my matchup was, and believe me, I had to match up. I had to match up with Chris Mullen regularly. I had to match up with Michael Jordan. You know, I had the pleasure of doing that. But I still stepped on the floor saying, you know, I have to be competitive as a two-guard and offset or I'll play their two-guard. So consistency is always the key. Certainly you're going to have a bad game every now and then. Certainly you're going to have an exceptional game every now and then. But the goal is consistency. And, you know, to your point, if the team can put some consistency together and everybody step up and play to that level of consistency and merit that has them where they are, uh, you know, they have enough talent and depth and they have a great coach to compete um, with anybody in the country. And again, momentum isn't a game thing. It is a game thing. But momentum is a consistency thing. And this is a time, and, and, and again, one plug I'm going to say about my career. The one thing I was was consistent. I had a few games, bad games there. I blew up a couple times. But for the most part, for four years, you could count on me coming out being consistent. Yeah, coming from Eric Sansfer here, speaking on Syracuse, telling them to be consistent after he showed that consistency in his career as well. Eric, I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything that you brought to the show today. More than anything, I appreciate your relationship with your grandmother and your faith. Go to everydaygod.us to get more information. And Mr. Sansfer, I'll be talking with you very soon.
Dan, I appreciate it, and I'll reach out to you when the book is actually published, and maybe we can do it again. Go on. Love you, folks. All right, take care. Be good.